0: share with you out of First John chapter 3, and I want to, uh, in some ways, continue the theme that uh, he had started there last week. Uh, the, the message I'm going to be talking to you about is uh, what it means to be called children of God. So in honor of God's word, why don't we stand and we'll read the word together this morning. See how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God, and such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we shall be. We know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him just as he is. Father, this morning I pray that you would speak to our hearts. I pray, God, that you would take simple words that are spoken And God, I pray that you would do profound things in our midst. God, we thank you for your presence here in this place this morning. We thank you, God, that we can go to your word that is living. And God, it not just be ink on pages, but God, it be divine words from heaven that brings forth life and change. And so God, this morning, as we look to your word, we ask you to speak to us. May we have ears to hear this morning. God, may you be glorified in all that is shared in this place. And and we give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. To be called children of God is the statement that I would like to focus on this morning. It's such a powerful statement, really. It's packed with all kinds of theology. There's all kinds of doctrinal matter that is found within this passage of scripture. There's definition, there's identity, and ultimately our freedom is found in the fact that we belong to God. We are his children. As we study this scripture and look at it this morning, we must understand though that this is this statement is prerequisite with another statement. There is a, there is a statement that is pre qualifying what we say here. And it is this behold how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us. Now, I don't know if you've really considered that fully. We say it very easily. God loves us and and we communicate that so often. But the power that, that is really in that fact that the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of all the universe, one who has all power and all authority, knows you and knows me and he would love us love is an interesting word isn't it i can't tell you how many times i sit down with people that come in with conflicts and struggles in their marriages and they say well i just am not in love with him anymore i just lost that loving feeling i just it's not there anymore and and we treat it as if it's simply built upon emotions and feelings and and it's something that can come and go so quickly. But, but when I speak of the love of God this morning, I'm not talking about a God who's moved by emotions or by the conditions in which I live my life. His love is a constant, powerful, unmoving, unshakable entity that He has poured upon me. He has bestowed it upon me, the Scriptures say. He knew me. Before I understood that there was a God, He was loving me. While I was imperfect and rotten and covered in sin, the Bible says that He loved me. He loved me unconditionally. It wasn't on the basis that I'm a good guy. On the basis that you've done things well and therefore God would extend His love to you. But it's something that He pours out upon his children. It's not something that is just said in deed or in, in word, but it but it's demonstrated. You know, I, I've been married for twenty five years, and if all I did was just tell my wife that I loved her and never showed her that love, it wouldn't it'd be very shallow, wouldn't it? And uh, she'd let me know about it, I promise. And she should. God doesn't just say that He loves us. He actually showed us His love when He uh, sent His Son. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says that God demonstrated His own love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We all know John three sixteen, and we could all recite it, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whomsoever would believe in Him should not perish but have eternal life. And all based upon love. You know, if you begin to really understand how much God loves you, it'll change the way you live your life, the way you see yourself, and the way you love those around you, the way you treat people. If you truly understood what it means to love God and to be loved by God more so than even loving Him, it'll, it'll affect the way you treat people. The King of kings is on for you. The King of kings and the Lord of lords has loved you with great mercy and grace. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. You couldn't be good enough to get it. And yet He lavished it upon us. The Bible says, Behold how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us. He's poured it upon us. And you didn't do one thing to earn it. You couldn't be good enough to earn this love. It makes me ask the question, how is a God like Him who would love a man like me. And he goes on and he calls me his child. It says that we should be called children of God. And this word called means appointed or extending an invitation that you will be my child and you will, you will, you will walk with me and you will know me as a father. He reached out to me. It wasn't even that I reached out to him for I do not know how to reach out to him. But he extended his love to me. Jesus said in John chapter 15 when he was speaking to his disciples, he said, you've not chosen me, but I chose you. And it's true for us here in this room this morning that the reason we can walk in the love of God and have this walk with God and experience his love is because he poured it out upon us. He lavished it upon us. He bestowed it upon us. And he says, you're my child. I chose you. This morning, as we look at this passage of Scripture, I want to point out four different calls that God has given to us. And each one of those calls are marinated in His love. Each one extended on the basis of His love. The first one is this, the eternal call. It's what is spoken of in Jeremiah when it says in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Do you know that God knew you before you were you? Do you know that before you were ever in your mother's womb, that God knew who you were and had a love for you and called you even before you were ever given the ears to hear His voice? In eternity, God was speaking about you. It's a predestined plan. You didn't get here on earth and then start performing really well and all of a sudden earn the right for God to call you. He didn't look down and say, oh, I like that one. He's doing really good. I'm going to choose him. I'm going to call. No, I'm telling you, before you ever walked upon this earth, God said, that's mine. He knew you before you ever formed in the womb of your mother. You are His. God's eternal. We here on this earth live in this entity called time where we awaken in the morning and we know what time it is when we say this this afternoon or at night. We understand those and we understand what it is to sleep and we operate in time and yet God is eternal and He's not bound by time. He knows how things are going to turn out before they ever start he's the alpha and the omega the first and the last all at the same time he's god second timothy chapter 2 verse 19 nevertheless the firm foundation of god stands having this seal that the lord knows those who are his and so there's an eternal call that god has given to us even before we were ever born Because of the fall of man, sin entered into the world. And the Bible says that we're born with a sin nature. We're born separated from God because of sin. That void that is created there, the absence of God in our lives because of sin. So many of us have tried to fill that void with so many things. For years, maybe you, you drank from one party to the next hoping to find satisfaction in that void. Maybe you went from bar to bar. Maybe you just went from bottle to bottle hoping that somehow, someday, that bottle is going to satisfy the longing that you have inside of you. Maybe there was drugs that started in... I just couldn't get enough of it, so I went from one drug to the next drug, trying to fill an emptiness, trying to fill a void that was there. And no matter how many drugs you did, you couldn't get high enough. It called you right back to it. Only to find out that it ran out and you had to go get more to try to fill a void that could not be filled. Never satisfying. Some of you went from women to women to women to women to women hoping that somehow a relationship with somebody is going to fill that empty void. Maybe men to men to men, looking for a relationship that you can put in that place to satisfy that longing that you had. And you've gone through a stream of broken, horrible relationships, never having that satisfaction found. Maybe you've lived your life serving money, seeking money, wanting to be the best Raise the highest place that you can get in the corporate ladder so that you can earn money because if you can just get enough money in the bank, it's going to take care of all your problems only to find that it's never really enough. And we buy toys and we buy toys and we buy toys and we go from hobby to hobby to hobby looking for that thing that will satisfy us. And this morning I'm here to tell you that the only thing that really will satisfy what you're longing for is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is the only thing that can come in and fill the void that you found yourself with. It is the only thing that will come and bring satisfaction. All of a sudden it doesn't matter what toys you have or you don't have, you've got Jesus. All of a sudden it doesn't doesn't matter if you've got millions in the bank or if you're down to your last two dollars, it helps to have the millions, but $2 is okay with Jesus. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're not putting pressure on people to try to satisfy that need because you found a relationship with the one who satisfies you completely. It's in Jesus. I'm telling you, some of you are here this morning and you're looking for something and you don't even realize what you're looking for. I'm here as a messenger of God to tell you you're looking for a relationship with Christ. Christ. And only He and He alone can satisfy what it is that you're looking for. I call it the initial call, the call of salvation. It's the call where He makes known to you His great love. We see it there in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9, it says, He makes known to us the mystery of His will according to His kind intention, which He purposed in Him. He makes it known. I love the beautiful passage of Ephesians chapter 2 because it describes that dark place that we all are and have been. And yet God comes. Let me read it to you. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air and of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. And among them too, we all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. That's who we were, every one of us. Well, I never did that. I never, I never got into that. I've been a pretty good person all my life. Listen, we were all in the same boat, lost, held captive by the kingdom of darkness, giving over to our lust and, and, and the things of this world. But I love verse 4. But God, I think every time I preach, I, see that I, I share this. Word, but God, but God, in all eternity, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. Did you just feel that? By grace you've been saved. And he raised us up with him, and he seated us with him in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, in order that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. I didn't deserve it, I didn't earn it, I couldn't be good enough, but he extended it. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. What is my faith in? It's in the fact that Jesus Christ came and walked upon this earth as a sinless man, gave his life on a cross, and paid the price that I owed, died on the cross, buried in the grave, three days later, risen from the grave, Resurrection power released, and today you and I, 2,000 years later, are still talking about it because it's alive in us. Jesus, our faith is in him. Our hope is in him. Jesus, what he did for us on the cross, not as a result of our works, but no one should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The initial call where God calls out to you and says, Hey, I've created you for a purpose. It's a relationship. Respond to me. Come to me. Hear the call. And enter into this relationship where life is forevermore changed. And you walk with God. And it's perfect, isn't it? Perfect perfect listen to this 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says therefore if any man is in Christ he is a new creation the old things passed away and behold the new things have come perfect right I'm so glad when I became a Christian that all the pain and the hurt and the discomfort and struggle of lives disappeared aren't you oh y'all aren't shouting me down now come on what are the new things that it's talking about here what are we saying here Purposes of God. It means everything's perfect, right? You prayed the prayer, you received Christ, and everything changed. Bank accounts filled up. Kids got in line. Spouse started acting right. Things started going perfect, and Jesus reigns, right? Well, this is what I'm going to call the daily call. (laughs) It introduces a new call to us. The daily call of this relationship where we commune with God and we have the ability to hear his voice and he walk with us. And you know what? The reason none of you shouted me down is because you know it's not perfect. My husband's cheating on me and I don't know what to do. My wife she's suicidal. Truth is, she's tried to commit suicide several times. My son, he's addicted to meth, and I don't know what to do. Listen, I'm talking about the church here, folks. I'm talking about about brothers and sisters in the Lord here. I got a notice in the mail, they're foreclosing my house. I don't have a penny in the bank. I don't know what to do. I went to the doctor. The doctor says, You have cancer. There is no hope, no need for treatment. Life's tough, isn't it? Struggles are real. People face great difficulty, people encounter hard times. Be careful. Because it's those things that can absolutely consume you and take you to where you're being tossed and turned here and there and back and forth, and you miss something so beautiful. And as I said, I refer to it as a daily call. The call that there's one whom is in heaven who knows your name and loves you dearly and never intended for you to have to go through that by yourself. You responded to the initial call of salvation. You gave your life to Christ and it wasn't a situation in which you would be born again just to have to wait to get to heaven. But there was a call from heaven in which He says, you're my child and I want to walk with you and I want to take you through some things and I'm going to be there for you when you go through those things. Galatians chapter 5 says that we're to walk in the Spirit. For you see, when I was born again, what that meant was this. My spirit that was dead became alive because his spirit came in and filled my spirit. And now he is with me. And I have the great and beautiful privilege of walking with his spirit. I have the beautiful privilege to hear his call daily. I have this beautiful relationship. wherein I face the uncertainties of life, there is one who knows all things and holds all things, and he carries me. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Somehow in the midst of it, God's voice becomes louder than the voice of pain or heartache. Psalm chapter 46. My God is my refuge, my strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore we shall not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. My dear friends, I want to tell you something. Just because you're born again doesn't mean that you're immune to heartache and pain. In fact, the reality is that all of us are things around us falling apart. The Bible says that the earth quakes and shakes around us. The mountains around us falling into the sea. We see it all around us in our homes, and our families, around our, our, our city. My goodness, turn on the news. No, turn it off. We live in a world that is full of Darkness. We live in a world where there's not any hope. And God would say to us, His children, I am your God. I am your refuge. I am your strength. In the midst of all that's taking place, the Bible says that there is a river that flows from heaven. Though its waters roar and foam and though the mountains quake, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High, the God that my God, my God is in the midst of her and she will not be moved. My dear friends, I'm trying to encourage you this morning because the world we live in is dark and twisted and it's up and it's down and it's moving all around us and it seems to be that there is no hope and I'm here to tell you as a child of God that there is a river that flows from heaven and God is in the river and He's got a voice where He's speaking to you and He's calling you daily and He's speaking to you about that sun that's addicted. He's talking to you about that spouse that's out of control. He's giving you words of hope when the doctors give you no hope. He's speaking life and directing you and encouraging you in how to walk step by step with Him. Our God is mighty. And there is a river that flows from heaven. And His voice is found in that river. All of a sudden, I begin to believe, if my God be for me, who can be against me? You see, so oftentimes as Christians and as children of God, we listen to the voices around us that are screaming at us and tell us there's no hope. And if we're not careful, we'll give credit to those voices more so than we give to the voice and and the life that comes from God and knowing Him and walking with Him. You better be careful what you're listening to. I'm telling you, the Bible says that He'll speak to you through His Spirit. He gives us His Word. Not that these just be words on paper, but we can spend time in this Word and and chewing on this Word and God begin to give revelation and begin to give you hope as to what to do when your spouse is out of control, when your child is running crazy, when you don't know where to go or where to find hope. All of a sudden you find hope and it's found in God and it's in the voice that He's speaking to you. I'm right here. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm going to carry you. It's going to be okay. It's a farce to believe that as children of God, we don't go through difficulty. But it's as great a farce to try to live in the difficulty without realizing that God, your Father, is wanting to speak speak to you and to carry you and to hold your hand. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is in our midst. Jesus said, I must go so that one could come to lead you and to guide you, to direct you and to counsel you. For too long the church has gone trying to do things in their own strength, in their own abilities, and shouldering things, trying to earn God. Somehow we got into the idea that we could somehow earn God by our good acts and our religion. When all He's called us to is a relationship, where He wants to speak to us and give us great hope, enjoy his daily call escorts me into his purposes romans chapter 8 verse 28 says all things work together for the good of those who call upon the lord and are called according to His purposes. Let me read that again. All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purposes. I used to think that that verse meant this, that if I walked with God, that all good things were going to happen to me. You know what I've begun to realize as a Christian? That the more I listen to Him, He walks me through great difficulties, and He holds my hands, and you know what I see? Is that every one of those things that were meant to destroy me and tear me down that God is using to somehow begin to bring me into the purposes and the callings that He's had for me? Those things that were designed to that could overwhelm me and, over, and just knock me flat are all a part of somehow Him working in my life. that I might be the man of God that He's called me to be. That you might be the man or the woman of God that He's called you to be. Oh, to be able to rejoice and shout and praise and and give God glory in in the midst of difficulty. Oh, to be able to stand and begin to praise God for His greatness when the world is around you screaming, telling you that you should be in great sorrow and great pain. My dear friends, this world is dark, but great is your God, and He works all things out. He works all things out. My goodness, what if we listened to his voice daily? What if we carried the hope of God in the midst of great darkness? So when the world saw us in the midst of a true trial, they would say, what has that guy got? What is it? How is it that he can walk through those things and be so, have everything fallen around him, falling to the ground, and yet his head is lifted up and he's worshiping and he's full of joy and peace and hope? How is that? I'm telling you, there's a world looking for the sons of God to rise up in this hour. There's a world looking for the children of God to come forth and to give praise to God. Jesus said it like this I am the light of the world. Do you know what Jesus said about us later? You are the light of the world. How am I the light of the world? Oh, that I shine in great darkness. Oh, to be a child of God and to grow in this relationship with God daily. You live your life You walk upon this earth, you commune with a living God, and it's beautiful. There are many of you saints that I look at now and I see the love of God shining through you. And I know that life hasn't been perfect and easy. I know that, that there are reasons to get down and struggle. But you got something. You've got a relationship with your Heavenly Father and you're listening. Oh, that we would be a people that would listen to the voice of God. We lived our lives, which leads me to the final call that I want to tell you about today. The call home. You know, this last week has been, oh my goodness, pretty tough. Pretty tough. A lot of Loved ones in this fellowship have suffered, been broken. I think about the Couch family and Betty's daughter-in-law passing away. I think about Bill Race and his mother, godly woman, passing this week. I think about Nancy. Nancy. Nancy, a member of this church from the very beginning, 85 years in this place, loving God, worshiping God, trusting God. I think about her family. My goodness, the struggle that we've had all week with the pull and the questions about Cody and is he alive? Is he not alive? What's what's going on? And Our prayers and our hearts going out to, to Jessica and Abigail and the family than to find out that in fact he has passed away and the brokenness and the tears that were shed this week and the heaviness and all I can think about is oh God you are my strength you are my shield you are my refuge lead me Speak to me. Give me hope. Restore. There is a time for mourning. And there is a time for brokenness. But here's what I want to tell you about those that I mentioned that have heard their final call upon this earth. They are more alive today than they ever were here on this earth. I'm telling you, they are standing before the Lord and they are worshiping God like never before. See, I have a hard time understanding it because I live on this earth and the perspective and the angle that I see it from is that, oh my goodness, I'm going to miss them and I'm going to go through all these great difficulties and time is, and it's just, it's just, it's very difficult. But they've passed through the door into all eternity. The Bible says that they're gazing upon Jesus. He's in their midst. They're worshiping the Lord. I want to tell you this morning, if there were any of us in this room that could say, hey, I've got a ticket for you to come back. Do you want to come? They would say, tear the ticket up. They're fine right where they're at. Let me read you a scripture. Psalm chapter 116, verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. We know that if in the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed we have a building from god a house not made with hands but eternal in the heavens second corinthians chapter 5 verse 8 yes we are of good courage and we would rather be away from this body and at home with the lord i'm telling you to be with god and away from and absent from this body is a blessing is a blessing but until he calls me i'm going to walk as a child upon this earth and i'm going to listen to his voice and I'm going to be about his business. I'm going to follow him, and he's going to lead me. He's going to direct me. Some of us in this room are so consumed with the trials and the struggles that we've not heard the voice in a long time. I want to tell you, God's voice is greater than the depression that speaks against you. God's voice is greater than the heartache and the despair that you face God is greater than the marriage that seems like it's going to fall apart and there is no hope. I'm telling you, one word from God can change everything. How important it is that we hear it. One word from God can take a child that's run away and gone astray and turn them in a moment. And they come and they hear the voice of God and they begin to walk with Him because they've heard the call. Our God speaks and declares a message of life and His words are powerful and there is great life and joy and hope in the midst of it all. He changes. He changes us. We're forever changed in His presence. My dear friends, I want to encourage you. Listen. Listen to Him. Hear His call. Follow Him. Obeying. This morning, in a few moments, we're going to pray. Some of you in this room, you're still running after the things of this world, trying to fill that void. I'm telling you, it's found in a relationship with Christ. This morning, maybe you're hearing the initial call that He loved you so much that He died on a cross paid for your sins yeah but you don't know what I've done I don't but he did when he died on the cross he paid for it all yeah you don't know what I've been through I don't but he did he knew you he heard you he saw you before you were ever here and he sent Jesus to die on the cross for you a few moments the worship team is going to play And when they do, I'm telling you, some of you are in this place and you have been bombarded by the voices of this world. And all you need is one fresh word from God to tell you that it's going to be okay. We want to pray for you this morning. We're going to pray for you. We're going to believe God for miracles in this place. This morning I had a lady come up to me after the service and she said, I've been battling with depression for months. I really didn't see any hope. But this morning I heard God say, I am your hope. And she began to weep and said, the depression is broken. You know, God can absolutely do that. He can restore What the enemy intended to steal from you. He can replace what the devil wanted to rob you of. Let's pray. Father, this morning I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your presence that's here in this house. I thank you, Lord, that we can call upon you. And God, I thank you that we can come just as we are. Lord, you never called us to get our act together so that we could come to you. But God, you said, come just as we are, and you would be the one that would make the change in our hearts and our lives. So God, we surrender ourselves to you afresh in this place. Lord, if there be one in this place this morning that does not know you as Savior, God, I pray that today would be the day that they would call upon you, and you'd be born again. God, I pray that if there be any that have been listening to the voices of circumstances and lies of the enemy, God, those those voices would be silenced. And I pray that your voice would become loud in their hearts once again. God, that they would know that you are the healer. You are the one that restores and makes whole. You are the one that puts all things in place. And that God, we can trust you because you're a good father. You're a good, good father. I thank you, Lord, that you call us the light. I thank you, Lord, that you've equipped us and filled us with your Spirit. Lord, the truth is, some of us are weary. God, I pray for a fresh impartation today of your presence. God, that you'd fill afresh your people in this hour. I ask this In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Our leaders will come to the front here. The worship team is going to lead us in some praise this morning. And if you're here this morning and you're saying, Pastor, I need a touch from God, come join us and we'll pray with you. We'll stand in agreement. We'll believe God for a miracle. Let's worship Him this morning. Elders, if you'll come, let's pray for those that come this morning.